Welcome to Healing the Spirit, a space where we awaken our creativity, deepen our connections, and remember who we are through the lens of astrology, archetypes, and art making. I'm your host, Jonathan Coe. Hello everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Contemplating the Astrology that is present for us for this week. Um, just a little update from me personally, I had been traveling for the past couple weeks. Um, I got to see my family again for the first time in a couple years at this point. Yeah, so that's been exciting and that was a really nice change of pace. I literally just got back to my place in Brooklyn, New York um, yesterday, and I literally just woke up from a 15-hour sleep. So um, yeah, that's been <laughs> quite the change. And also uh, the weather here is very dreary, um, which is also another change, but I'm super excited to be sharing some contemplations that I had Um done when I woke up this morning and looked at the astrology for this week as well as tuned in to the guidance that wanted to come through around um, yeah some of the themes that may be coming up for us this week. And just to make sure that you are in the right place, I will be discussing the uh, week of December 5th to December 11th. And yeah, um, feel free to also feel into what is coming up for you. In fact, as I always encourage with these episodes, um, what is coming up for you is more important than what I'm saying. And if you found this episode way later after it's published, then trust that perhaps that's exactly what you're supposed to be uh, listening to and that maybe there's something here for you. All right, so I like to begin, as always, with a little bit of a quick rundown of the astrology of this week. On Tuesday, December 6th, Mercury and Sagittarius will be creating a square, which is a 90-degree angle, to Jupiter in Pisces. And then quickly after that, Mercury will be exiting the realm of Sagittarius into the realm of Capricorn. And then on Wednesday, there will be a nice full moon in Gemini. Um, and nice is an interesting word to kind of describe this full moon because the moon will be uh, making a conjunction with Mars, you know, which means then that the sun will be opposite Mars. And so um, Mars, which is currently retrograding in Gemini and is very much retrograding at the moment, it's uh, very, very slow in the sky, is um, the planet of conflict, the planet of confrontation, of um, war even. And so it's very, um, this will be a really interesting full moon. I expect that, um, especially for all of you fellow Gemini moons out there, uh, there may be some ouchies here. Um, 
Not to say that that's necessarily going to be part of your experience, but if it is, then um, give yourself some space and allow yourself to, um, yeah, put a little bit of a buffer between your physical or your um, emotional or mental um, pain points to um, the truth, right? Because uh, just the fact that we may be experiencing something kind of spicy, something kind of um, a little thorny, doesn't mean that that's necessarily uh, the whole truth, the whole picture. And this uh, full moon is also going to be squaring Juno, the asteroid Juno. So uh, that can be an interesting point of contemplation as well. On Thursday, December 8th, the Sun in Sagittarius will be making an exact opposition to Mars in Gemini, um, further amplifying the themes that may have been coming up during the full moon. Um, and then on Friday, December 9th, Venus in Sagittarius will be squaring Jupiter in Pisces, um, and Venus, also similar to Mercury earlier the week, during the week, will be um, entering Capricorn and leaving Sagittarius. So, um, yeah, that's basically the rundown of what's happening astrologically this week. And what is fascinating to me um, to be sharing at the beginning here for you is that one way to contemplate on astrology or anything in general is to contemplate on what's present right and another way to contemplate is to contemplate on what's missing and what's not uh being said or what's not being conveyed or what's not necessarily present right in the language of music you can analyze you can spend time thinking about the notes that are being played you can analyze the instruments and the kinds of timbre that the composer is utilizing, but you can also spend some time thinking about what's not present. You can think about the silence. You can think about the spaces between the notes. You can think about um, what the composer is not using, right, as an entry point. In the language of visual art, you can also analyze uh, the color palette that the painter is maybe not uh, utilizing or is emitting. Um, I think you get my point. And so really, when I was sitting down to feel into the astrology and the energetics of this coming week, I'm feeling more pulled to contemplate on what's not present rather than what's present. Um, I think the themes of um, Sagittarius, Gemini and Pisces, essentially, you know, the three players um, of this, or rather like the three um, energetic sites that are really active this week. Um, I think the themes surrounding these signs will be really active and will be um, not very subtle and probably will not require a lot of digging for you to even be aware of. But um, I'm feeling pulled to think about, to contemplate, to feel into um, the other sign that's really not super active this week um, that's also a mutable sign, which is Virgo. 
And that's because the messages I received upon uh, sitting down to contemplate was really revolving around this idea of caring for our physical vessel, right? So as I mentioned, um, the mutable T-square between Sagittarius, Gemini, and Pisces will be really activated for us. Um, and Sagittarius is a fire sign, uh, Gemini is an air sign, and Pisces is a water sign. So already feeling into fire, air, and water, there can be a lot of emotions, there can be a lot of inspiration, and there can be a lot of uh, communication this week. There can be a lot of traffic. And so thinking about the element that's not as present, which is earth, can be really powerful anchoring for us. And to be clear, right, for those of you listening and paying attention closely, um, I think it's also connected to the fact that um, Mercury and then later Venus will be entering Capricorn, right? But as these planets, as these um, celestial agents are um, entering the realm of Earth, there can be a sense of adjustment, you know, thinking about this transition between the realm of fiery Sagittarius into the earthy realm of Capricorn, right? The come down from exiting fire may take some time to really become present in our lived reality, right? Um, and so as we are transitioning from fire to earth, I think there's an invitation here to uh, look at the earth elements in our lives, the earth components of our lives with a little bit more curiosity. When I um, mentioned the physical vessel, I really mean, yes, our physical bodies, but also the tangible systems we rely upon in order to get um, our work done, right? And in order to continue our livelihood on this earth. Um, the earth element can also speak to the ways that we organize our homes, the ways we organize maybe even our work digitally, right? Um, it can also speak to the food that we eat, you know, but also it can speak to the ways that we uh, nourish the physical realities around us, right? So the first point I would invite you to contemplate upon is to notice how the narratives around the not enoughness of your body's capacity are often driven by stories in the collective. So let me speak to that a little bit further. I spent the last couple of weeks, as I mentioned, with my family. So I gave myself um, the permission to really slow down. And then for the most part, I was really only doing the bare minimum with regards to my work, right? In all the different facets of that word work, right? So every day when I woke up, I noticed that I would just kind of take the time that my body needs in order to truly wake up. Whereas what I noticed when I finally got back to Brooklyn was that there was this sense of needing to, uh, air quotes, jumpstart the day, right? To really get my body to quickly slough off this haze that came from uh, just waking up from sleeping. 
I noticed there was more of a tendency to really、um, be like, I need coffee so I can finish off the items on my list, right? I need to、uh, quickly shower so that I can actually get stuff done. The contrast of the two really、uh, felt palpable enough for me to be like, wait a second. How true is the story that I really need to jumpstart my day? Do I really need more energy right now, or am I simply pushing my body beyond what is, you know, what it is that it's actually wanting to do? Right. Something I recently learned from the work of Luis Mojica, who、um, has this incredible podcast. I believe it's called Holistic Life Navigation.、Um, who is an incredible、uh, somatic practitioner、um, and also a Virgo Sun, by the way, is this distinction between desire and capacity. Desire is really what I want. My environment to be right. What I want my interaction with other people or with the things in my life to be like. What I want my output to look like. Whereas capacity is what my body, what my system, what my energetics, maybe even like what my brain chemistry allows me to do. Right, and there is a distinction between the two because often our desires. Don't always match our capacity, right? We may have all the desires in the world to be present for maybe certain kinds of、um, interaction or like hangouts with certain types of people, but then in terms of our capacity, our body is just like, no, I really don't want to do that. And living in modern culture, we are not always taught to really honor our capacity. In fact. What modernity really teaches us is how to constantly override our capacity. Right? If you wake up and maybe you feel slow, then drink that coffee. If you're feeling unwell, but you made a commitment to maybe a client or a friend, then it's more socially acceptable for you to be pushing past your limits rather than to honestly state that you can't do something. So that you are not judged for being unprofessional or maybe being a bad friend, right?、Um, so I think what's、um, my point here is to really notice, you know, where are you assigning the sense of your your body's capacity not being enough, and how are these thoughts or these value judgments really? Just stories, just narratives、um, that are driven by some other stories going on in the collective, right? Some other beliefs that are maybe not even yours to begin with. The second point of contemplation that I would like to share with all of you here is this idea of、um, organization. The question that I have been kind of asking myself as I feel into the energy of this week is, where can you benefit from a little more organization, right? And、um, I would like to talk about organization from the lens of Virgo, 
Virgo is a mutable earth sign. Virgo is also ruled by Mercury and using the traditional scheme of essential dignities. Virgo is the sign, is the domain, the terrain, the landscape, where Mercury is not only in its domicile, but also exalted, right? In that sense, Virgo is really the realm, the characteristic, the terrain where Mercury the planet or the celestial um, ancestor ruling communication, ruling realm jumping, ruling the mental realm, is not only able to do its job, but is also able to get a lot of exposure, a lot of critical acclaim, a lot of praise, right? Um, and let's just be real, you know, the other signs that... Um, are mutable signs in the zodiacal wheel, Sagittarius, Gemini, and Pisces, are all realms, uh, characteristics that are a little bit frantic, right? And so it's interesting to think about how Virgo kind of gets a bad reputation in pop astrology because it feels like Virgo uh, energy likes to point out what's missing or what's misaligned, right? The Virgo energy can be correlated with being highly critical. I even, if I remember correctly, um, I, I may not be able to totally quote this because I'm just doing this off the fly, but, um, I remember reading an article where they said there was this study, uh, in Japan where they discovered that, um, Apparently, people dislike working with Virgo suns more than other signs. Um, they did a, an actual like statistical study about coworkers that people tend to not like. And there's a high, high correlation between that coworker, uh, you know, having a Virgo sun you know, in their chart. So I think that's really interesting <laughs> to think about. And for myself as a Virgo rising, I've come to understand that the Virgo energy can also be expressed in so many different ways, right? Something I like to contemplate is the idea that Virgo is a nocturnal expression of Mercury. You may even hear uh, the words like yin being used for Virgo, right? Or receptive. And so... Um, one way to consider the implication of this is that the Virgo energy is perhaps more potent, more useful when it's given space to be directed inwards rather than outwards, right? To be more receptive than open rather than assertive and maybe a little bit closed down or having a very clear agenda, right? So one way to contemplate Virgo is where can we notice the misalignment and the mismatch between our systems and our intentions, right? How can creating a little bit more space to organize our thoughts, our output, our surroundings, um, how can that help us feel like we're able to move along our stories with a little bit more grace, a little bit more care, a little bit more ease, right? And also, I think what I would like to add into the mix is what if we allow some space between noticing the misalignment and expressing that misalignment or directing other people to fix that misalignment, right? What if we sit with that misalignment for a second? What if we allow ourselves to feel into what that awareness of this 
misalignment is bringing up for us within our bodies, right? Within our uh, energetic awareness. Um, this may look like slowing down at first, but ultimately you may be able to have a more enjoyable experience when you really take the time to get a little organization going at the start of a project or when you're about to engage in uh, something new, right? Um, again, using myself as a personal example, what I did um, recently was actually to organize my desktop so that I have um, a little bit more space, right? Uh, where I don't constantly have to be rummaging through a list of hundreds of folders in order to find a thing that I want to be working on, but rather, you know, taking that time to really organize my systems um, has been really helping me in finding more enjoyment in the flow of my work. I can spend more time, um, I, I can save time, right, um, by spending time to organize first and then later be able to simply be in that space of flowing with inspiration rather than having to break the flow of inspiration um, in order for me to take some time to organize because the system is so cluttered, right? It's so all over the place. I feel that the heart of the invitation for this week is to really notice the ways that you abandon your own capacity to tend to yourself, to your own body, to the systems that really support you. What does it look like to notice the belief that motivates this abandonment, right? Without getting um, totally sucked into um, maybe punishing yourself, you know, for having abandoned yourself, right? But but rather just to notice what's behind that. For me personally, this is always an interesting exercise because what tends to be revealed um, is the hierarchical structure of the priorities I subconsciously hold, right? So what I mean by that is maybe I naturally opt out of caring for my body because somewhere in there I believe that my work and the ways that I am or can be validated through my work is more important than my body's preferences, is more important than my body's communications and signals to me. Um, yeah, so that I think is something that's really interesting to notice in this week, especially as I believe these themes around uh, Sagittarius, Gemini, Pisces will be so present for us and so what does it look like if we can balance it out a little bit by maybe you know singing the note that is not present in the collective which is the virgo note right um also i pulled a couple cards one from tarot of the drowning world and the other one from the begin oracle which i've really been uh, enjoying using and the cards that I pull are the Ace of Swords from Tarot of the Drowning World and then the card Protected from Begin Oracle. And you can, as always, see the pictures of these cards um, in the link that I have in the show notes below. To me, these two cards, um, as they came up, really kind of spoke to the fruits of engaging in noticing 
where we can tend to um, abandon ourselves, right? Or abandon um, our desire, our impulses to tend to ourselves, to care for ourselves, which is um, the fruits are really clarity, right? Having greater clarity and having um, a sense of being a little more protected from um, whatever is really intense that is going on in the outside world or in the collective, right? What I find really interesting about these two cards kind of on a visual level is that um, notice that the only piece of humans or humanity that's available in these cards are really the human hands on the left side of the protected card from the begin oracle. To me, this is speaking to the idea of how sometimes the best intervention we can engage with is by not intervening, right? That sometimes we can simply let things be. We can simply, in the words of Mary Oliver, let our soft animal bodies speak for themselves by way of their impulses, by way of their desires, without feeling like we need to jump in, like we need to justify our body's needs using our more analytical functionalities, using our words, using our thinking brains. Um, and yeah, I'm really curious to hear if you would like to share if you engage in this practice of just kind of letting yourself um, and your body speak to you, what happens? You know, what changes or what shifts are available for you? As a final note, um, my encouragement for you this week is to really give your bodies the chance to speak to you, right? To get out of the way of stopping your bodies from getting what they need in the moment. And then, you know, see what happens, right? Perhaps in trusting a little more in the mutability, the fickleness of our body, right? Because our bodies are not machines. They're not going to be reliable, you know, uh, we can learn more about them. We can have a little more curiosity. But uh, the truth of what lies dormant for us is always emergent, right? The body always speaks to the moment. It doesn't really, um, it doesn't really work well with a lot of planning. You know, often we can't really plan beyond the next couple steps. Um, and, and what if we trust that the not planning, the inherent chaos of, um, feeling into our bodily sensations is exactly what we need in this moment of the Mars retrograde and the full moon that's going to really highlight the, uh, Mars retrogradeness of this moment. All right. That is it for the contemplation that I have for you for this week. If this resonates with you, if you are feeling the desire to perhaps go a little deeper with whatever is coming up for you as you listen to this, I'm excited to let you know that I have a few spots available for readings during the month of December 2022. So feel free to reach out to me via the booking form in my website. The link will be available below. And I would love, love, love to support you at the close of the year. 
something I've been in deep uh, contemplation with for myself in my own practice and in my own journey, my own path, is how important it is to take the time to really reflect on what's coming up for us, what we've been learning during a particular cycle, and to really um, allow this space that we're using for contemplation to help us um, notice what strategies are beginning to emerge for the future, what's for what's coming up ahead, right? Um, and I think this is especially helpful and useful as we are... Um, considering the close of the year, right? As we are um, opening up space for uh, the next year that's coming up ahead for us. Um, I've also been considering the fact that no situation is perhaps ever really new to us, right? Because in some ways, even if what's coming up externally is not something we've experienced before, we're always relating to situations from the perspective of who we are on a deep level, right? And in my own practice, it's been important to kind of center um, the fact that we can always access the wisdom that's always been dormant within us, right? That perhaps at some point throughout our lives, we have, um, we have had access to, or we have had a lot of consciousness around, but that maybe because of time or because of the shifts that have happened in our lives, that perhaps we've not necessarily abandoned, but haven't really practiced for some time, right? I feel like readings can be such powerful ways to access this dormant wisdoms because it helps to have another person's perspective and questions to kind of guide you to know what it is that you've been living through and what it is that you've been learning from the experiences that you've moved through and then to kind of synthesize these knowings on an intellectual level and to begin letting them seep in on a cellular level to help you move forward. So yeah, I would be really excited to um, hold space for you in a reading if that calls to you. And if that doesn't call to you at this time, I would love it if you could consider leaving a review or a rating or simply to subscribe if this podcast is resonating with you. Um, I know that all of these um, can be really helpful in helping others find this podcast and I will be eternally grateful if you um, assist in helping me spread the work uh, out there. All right, so until next time, I hope that you take good care of yourself, especially during this um, pretty eventful astrological week and I am sending you so much love. Thank you for listening. Thank you.